Today's SWAPA number is 402. That's the dollar amount that SWAPA members pay for their long-term and short-term disability per month. Today on the show, we're going to talk to SWAPA pilot Matt Minguella about his experience on disability, as well as benefits committee member Tony Caparella to give us more information on what is lacking in your benefits, what you can do to make the process easier, and what needs to change to be competitive in today's marketplace. Total state all three, turn left, heading 140, runway 22 left, clear for takeoff. Clear for takeoff, 22 left, left turn, 140, stop with 0 I'm Amy Robinson. And I'm Mike Panabianco, and here's our interview with Matt and Tony. So Matt, let's go ahead and start with your story. Go ahead and tell us what happened. Sure. My story uh, spans over a period of about two years. It started back in February of 2020. I was working out at my local gym. That day, I felt a little off. I felt like whatever I did in the gym, I felt really winded. My heart would beat a lot faster than normal. And I decided to leave thinking that maybe I took too much caffeine or pre-workout that morning. So I went to my local pharmacy to see if maybe I could get my blood pressure checked. Maybe that's what I was feeling. And when I walked into the pharmacy, that's when I had my first, what I call them now, episodes. So I basically collapsed to the floor. I almost passed out. I got tunnel vision. I felt like my heart was beating out of my chest. They ended up calling 911. They did a few tests. They said I was completely fine. I probably had some type of dehydration. And off I went. So these episodes would actually continue for the next year off and on. Any time in the day, they would be sporadic. I mean, one day a week, one day a month. I remember just going out to get the mail and I would get to the mailbox. Bam, it'll hit me like a ton of bricks. There was tunnel vision, shortness of breath. I almost collapsed to the floor. And it was getting scary because it, it would even happen at work. I would, I would get to the airplane and do all my pre-flight originating flow and I was feeling completely fine. And then the captain would call for before I start originating checklist, and I'd say, I'm sorry, Captain, I can't go. But every time I would go to the emergency room, everything was completely fine. They always kind of discharged me, went all my way. So I ended up booking an appointment with a cardiologist. He ran every test you could never imagine, you know, EKG, echocardiogram, stress tests, nuclear stress tests, halter, event monitor, everything. CT scans and everything was completely normal. And I would bring this information to my AME and my AME had no clue either. He had, you know, had nothing to offer me. And based off the emergency room notes of dehydration, he said, basically this, you know, focus on better hydration. About for how long was this going on? This was going on for a period of months or a year? Or? Uh, this whole thing spanned about a period of a year and a half. So I knew something deep down inside was wrong. So I started to research swap at benefits, looking up what type of short-term disability plan I was on, what type of loss of license. And I remember beating myself up because I was hired in February of 2019. And this is happening a year later in February 2020. I wasn't able to change my loss of license to non-taxable until open enrollment that next year. So I was a little nervous that, you know, something was going on medically with me. No one knew what it was. And I was unable to change the loss of license to non-taxable, which is what I wanted. 
And when I started getting the episodes more and more frequently, I remember going to the emergency room and the doctors are now starting to say that I was suffering from some type of anxiety. They think maybe I had some panic attacks. And I didn't understand where they were coming from because I thought in my life, things were great. I just finished my first year of Southwest Airlines that December. My wife surprised me the day after Christmas that we were expecting our first baby. So things are great in my life. So to get diagnosed from an emergency room doctor with anxiety just kind of blew my mind at that point. So life kept going. My episodes became less frequent, which was a great thing. And then on May 26, my wife woke me up at 2.30 in the morning. I was supposed to start a, a four-day PM reserve block that day. And she woke me up and she said that her feet were throbbing. She can kind of feel every pulse. And before she woke me up, she had checked her blood pressure and her blood pressure was elevated. It was like 170 over 95. So we decided to go to the local emergency room. They took her in right away and they had diagnosed her with a severe preeclampsia. So the next day, the maternal fetal medicine doctor came in and gave us the devastating news that our baby girl was 26 weeks old, but she was measuring the size of a 23-week baby. She had stopped receiving nutrients from my wife's placenta three weeks prior, and that my wife's blood pressure was so high that it was causing stress to the baby's heart because it was backflowing into the heart. So they gave uh, my wife about 48 hours tops until they would have to perform an emergency C-section. So devastating news for us because the pregnancy prior was completely normal. So it was obviously like traumatic, unexpected thing for us. We ended up getting uh, transported to the hospital that my wife was supposed to deliver at. And 48 hours later, our little girl Avery was born. She was uh, 26 weeks old. She was measuring uh, one pound, 2.9 ounces, and she was only 11 inches long. So she was really tiny. We were there for four days in the hospital. And then after the four days, uh, my wife gets discharged. We go home. And as soon as we get home, the hospital calls and informs us that Avery had developed a spontaneous bowel perforation. So she had a, a small hole in her intestines. She needed emergency surgery, and unfortunately in that hospital, they didn't do that type of surgery. So they had uh, scrambled a flight transport team and uh, brought her to Children's Hospital Philadelphia. We stayed in the Children's Hospital Philadelphia for uh, 201 days, which is a little over six months. We were there every day, eight to 10 hours, sometimes longer. Since it's a drive from our house, we end up staying at the Ronald McDonald in Philadelphia and I remember it kind of being a, a full circle moment for myself because I remember parking the car at the Ronald McDonald garage and I look up and there's a painting of a Southwest Airlines jet taking off into downtown. So I thought that was kind of neat. It kind of reminded me where, you know, where I need to be at that point. So I had to be there for my wife and I still had a job to do. The first person I called at that point was my chief to inform them like, hey, I, this is what happened. I took the first month off completely. Uh, he informed me that uh, being Baltimore-based, there's a Maryland Flexible Leave Act that allows me to utilize my sick time to take care of a sick loved one home. And that's what I did. As the sole provider, I kind of felt myself in an awkward spot because I only had sick time to burn and I, I needed to be in this ICU setting with my daughter and my wife. So I was only flying like 60 or 70 trips a month just to break even, just to pay the bills. I ended up giving 
Swapa a call and Swapa had informed me of the pilot relief fund. So I, I reached out to Swapa in May. It was a super easy process. Just filled out an application, answered a few questions. And I think in a day or two, I was approved for the, the grant of $2,500, which paid for a mortgage that month and some. We were super grateful for that. It took a big load off stress to allow me to stay in the NICU a little longer what I have to worry about our mortgage that month. When I was in the NICU, the way I would deal with stress was just every morning go out for a long run or a walk. And in June of that of that year, I went out for a run that morning and I got about a mile into the run and I hadn't had an episode in a few months at this point. And then bam, it hit me again about a mile in. And when EMS came, the uh, paramedic told me, based off your heart rate and your blood pressure, I would look into supraventricular tachycardia. And at that point, I never heard of it. They took me in an ambulance to the local emergency room, and I spent eight hours to once again be told that I had anxiety and I should seek therapy. That day, I went home and researched what the paramedic had told me, and I also ended up buying a portable, like an EKG chest strap that would record my heart rhythm because I was determined to figure out what exactly was happening because I, I knew it was an anxiety. There was nothing in my life. I mean, obviously with the baby, it was very stressful, but that doesn't explain the stuff that was happening before the baby was born. Things were going along in the NICU, but I tell you one thing is what was very stressful was the the medical bills. They were coming in faster than we can open them because to have a child in a NICU is extremely expensive. Avery her uh, entire stay in the NICU was just shy of, of $5 million. It was a huge, huge bill. And I reached out to Swapa because I didn't, I didn't know what to do because a lot were covered, but a lot weren't covered. And being on the regular plan, it was quite difficult to find time to call the insurance companies to try to overturn something that was coded incorrectly. And that's when Swapa had advised me of Resolute Healthcare and Carrie Hunt. I contacted her and I'll tell you one thing, Carrie is, was a godsend for us because she helped us tremendously. And to this day, she continues to help us overturn denied claims. There were a dozen of claims that were denied, coded incorrectly. Her transport rides, even my transport rides from what I was going through myself, a lot of them were either denied or coded incorrectly. And we don't really know how much Carrie had actually saved us, but we would estimate probably somewhere between seventy-five to almost a hundred thousand dollars in claims that were coded incorrectly. That she was able to call the insurance company on our behalf and get those overturned. So Carrie, to this day, we we keep close contact, and she helped us more than I can tell you. In December of of that year, things were looking great for Avery. She was finally off the ventilator, and things were looking good. And once again, I went out for my morning workout that morning and it happened again. I had a, a long episode. I was very frustrated at this point. This was my longest episode I've had so far. Out of frustration, I actually waited till the episode went through. I walked myself to the Ronald McDonald house and then I had them call me an Uber. And then I got Ubered to Hospital of University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia. And when I got there, I was finally taken seriously and I was admitted because my heart actually showed some signs of, of damage. So my troponin was elevated and they admitted me for observation and I showed them the arrhythmia that I had captured on the, on the monitor I'd purchased myself. And that day I was officially grounded. 
I was finally diagnosed with something. Uh, that paramedic this entire time was correct, even though I've seen, I think, six different cardiologists and I went to the ER about seven or eight times throughout this entire experience. I was officially diagnosed with SVT or supraventricular tachycardia, and that's a fancy term for a fast heart rate. So my heart would beat between 250 to 300 beats per minute, and that would happen spontaneously. I had no control over it. It did it when it wanted to. And I found myself in a very difficult position at this point because I had spent the last six months being there in a NICU with my wife and daughter, burning all my sick time. But now I had lost my medical. I don't know if I'd ever be able to fly again. I had no idea how long my medical would take to get back. I had contacted AMAS through the help of SWAPA once again. AMAS uh, had educated me a little bit on my condition and, and advised me to get a cardiac ablation. That's what the FAC as a curative measure. I took their advice. Then I went to my electrophysiologist. And in December of that year, I was set up and completed a successful ablation of my, for my arrhythmia. And uh, AMAS, I, I couldn't tell you how organized they were for me. There's no easy way to say this, but when you're out on medical, especially with a cardiac issue, it, it's a lot of paperwork and it's a lot of work to try to get your medical back, but they made it as seamless as possible. Whenever I'd call them, they'd educate me on whatever I needed. They would have an answer. They'd call me back the same day. So they helped me tremendously throughout that entire experience. I was out of sick time, so I had to wait for the elimination period. So basically, I got little to no pay because I had little to no sick trips. And then I went out on a short-term disability for the next six months. And that paid just north of $5,000 per month. And I had to make that work with, with our situation. And uh, after 120 days of short-term disability, you get a nice letter from Southwest Airlines that says that you have been terminated from your medical benefits, but you have the right to pay for COBRA premiums. When I got that, I reached out to SWAPA benefits right away, and they had informed me that SWAPA does reimburse you every quarter for these benefits, which is great. The only caveat, as I will mention, is uh, Southwest Airlines only accepts a direct deposit form of payment. So you get reimbursed every quarter, um, but you have to put that money up front, which for a family of three is about $2,200 per month. So $6,600 per quarter, you have to put up front to get reimbursed for that. So if you don't have that money available, that can put you in a tough situation. After nine months, I received my good-to-go letter from the FAA after many different doctor's visits and uh, different diagnostic testing and whatever the FAA wanted and, and through the advice of AMAS. After that, that was good. Everything, everything checked out. Unfortunately, you know, Murphy's Law, the week before I was supposed to get my medical back, I had my AME appointment set. We were running a little late for my uh, daughter's doctor's visit, and I picked up her car seat the wrong way and I ended up tearing my meniscus and my kneecap. So I had to get a surgery, which puts me out a little longer than I should have been. But I was out for a little shy of 18 months, a little unlucky two years for sure, but I'm glad everything worked out and I'm able to share my story. So you were a fairly new pilot when this happened to you. Did you, did you end up calling Southwest or did you call SWAPA first? Right when it happened, I called uh, Southwest to inform my chief just because I had a four day reserve block. But the very next call was made to SWAPA because I knew I was in a situation that I needed help more than the company could offer. Matt, you have a very unique situation. Many families deal with either one issue or another, one for themselves or one for a family member. And here you were 
dealing with both. When you called, you told Amy that you called SWAPA right after you called your chief pilot. Did we make it clear to you how your benefits would work? And if you had anything you wanted to do differently, what would you have changed? When I reached out to SWAPA, particularly SWAPA benefits, because at that time I was so focused on just surviving, just kind of getting through the financial part and to try to get my medical back. Swap of Benefits had made it very clearly. Every time I had a question, they answered me right away, especially any kind of medical problem I had. What I would do differently is I would probably ask more about Project Lift. I think at, when I look back, I think we could probably use and took advantage of that program. Looking back at it, I think that's one resource I probably should have used more. Were you aware that loss of license was a company program and long-term disability was SWAPA? Did everyone make that clear to you? Because a lot of pilots, when they first interact with their benefits on a serious level, they're not quite aware of that. I was not aware that they were two different programs run by two different organizations. I'll be honest, I thought it was all Southwest Airlines, and I had no idea that SWAPA was the short-term disability and loss of license was a company program. I was not aware of that. So when you filed for loss of license, what was your experience in dealing with that? I assume that you were through your first year because in the first year, we don't have loss of license. The process for following with Harvey Watt wasn't too bad. I, I didn't have a bad experience. The only thing I would say about Harvey Watt is they had a tremendous amount of turnover. So I felt like I had a different case manager every month and I would have to re-explain my situation almost every month what was going on. So I, I felt like the organization wasn't there in that aspect, but I, that's targeting the company itself. So Mike, you mentioned that you don't have loss of license in your first year. Tony, does SWAPA have anything that covers that? Yeah, absolutely. So loss of license is not offered to our new hire pilots until they finish their probationary year. Um, they are automatically enrolled into short-term disability and long-term disability, which last up to three years for our new hires. Once they come off probation, that long-term disability will go on top of loss of license and extend out to your 65 years of age, whereas loss of license is good for five years or half the time you've been with Southwest. So there is a program that does cover our new hires because we do have a lot of them. Absolutely. It's SWAPA, short-term disability and long-term disability through MetLife that covers all our pilots. So Matt, you mentioned Carrie Hunt. Did you know about Carrie Hunt before all of this started happening? And what was your experience with Resolute Healthcare when you got in touch with Carrie? Carrie was amazing. I had a little knowledge that Carrie existed, I guess, but that was through social media. And I had no idea what type of help she was. And I honestly had no idea that that was a SWAPA only thing as well. And then when I contacted SWAPA Benefits, they had given me Carrie's number, which I didn't have access to. And Carrie, I can't say enough good things about Carrie and, and her team. Through emails, I mean, when you're in the setting of the NICU, I literally would just get the statement in the mail, take a picture of it, email it to Carrie, and Carrie would take care of everything else. So the amount of stress she takes off in that situation is uncomprehendable because that's the last thing that you want to think about. That's a great testimonial to Resolute. Tony, can you give a 30-second pitch on Resolute Healthcare? How do our pilots interact with them? How do we secure their services for our pilots? So basically, Carrie Hunt takes care of our pilots if they have an issue 
with a bill. So instead of having to go through it yourself, you give Carrie your bill and she will tell you that you're overpaying and that Aetna or Cigna needs to cover more and she'll actually go through that process to make sure they're not being overcharged. Carrie Hunt will also help out with a denial from Aetna or Cigna. So if a pilot gets denied a certain procedure, she can actually go through to the insurance companies and override that denial. So Matt, what would you tell someone who might be going through something similar? To anyone that would be going through something similar to what I experienced is to utilize all your resources, specifically on the SWAPA end. A lot of times when I would contact a company, a lot of times it was a dead end. Uh, my chief was very helpful, so I'll give him credit to that. Um, but when it came to other things like financial assistance, it was always a dead end with the company. So I would tell whoever out there would be going through the situation, seek through your through SWAPA as much as you can to kind of guide yourself and, and all the tools that SWAPA has to offer. What was it like to be on disability under this contract? Uh, under this contract, to be on disability, um, it had its pros, but it definitely had its cons. Um, specifically when it came to utilizing your sick trips to pay for your, the gap in short-term disability pay. I think that was probably the most stressful part of the entire experience, the first six months. Um, since I had been in a unique situation and I burned my sick time, and I feel like our current contract is predicated on padding your, your low income on short-term disability with sick trips. But in my situation, I had thought I was doing the right thing. And I still think I did the right thing by staying in a NICU and burning through sick trips when I had to be there. But in this current contract, that was probably the most stressful portion is the, the low income that you get for the first six months and the lack of sick trips that I had to make that in my favor. It just wasn't there for me. So... Tony, for our members who don't necessarily have not gone on disability or they're not familiar with the process, can you please walk them through step by step? How does it work for them? So the first phone call usually is to the chief pilot to let them know that uh, you're going out on disability. Um, the next phone call is to SWAPA and to Aeromedical Benefits Committee, just so we can walk that pilot through what's going to happen. There's a 30-day elimination period for short-term disability. If you have Plan A, that 30-day elimination period doesn't matter how much sick trips you have. Plan B, you have to exhaust your sick trips, even though there's a 30-day elimination period. So if a pilot has 500 sick trips, they're not going to even touch short-term disability for approximately five months. Or short-term disability Plan A, no matter how many sick trips you have in your bank, it starts 30 days after date of disability. At that point, uh, you're going to receive $1,500 a week tax-free, and you can use your sick bank up to 105 trips on top of that per month, or as low as 47.5 trips on top of that short-term disability. Once short-term disability ends, month six, month seven, loss of license will kick in if you have less than 600 sick trips. If you have more, then loss of license will start at your sick bank divided by 95. We don't need to get into the nitty gritty of it, but if you have 1,600 sick trips, loss of license from the company won't kick in until month 17. Whereas long-term disability through MetLife, through SWAPA's long-term disability, will kick in no matter what, month seven for every pilot. And that maxes out at 13,500 tax-free. 
loss of license is always taxed unless you choose through medical open enrollment Southwest in November to have that loss of license tax-free. Now, Southwest, just like Matt was saying, about 30 days after date of disability, you're gonna receive a letter in the mail and it's gonna say, hey, your medical benefits expire um, and you have the option to do COBRA. Well, the pilot on the date that that medical expires, pilot has to go into Southwest um, SWA Life and elect COBRA and pay a monthly premium for that medical could be anywhere from $800 to $2,500 a month out of the pilot's pocket. Whereas every quarter they send those receipts to benefits at SWAPA and we reimburse that 100%. So they're required, as, as Matt mentioned earlier, they are required to put that out of pocket and then get it reimbursed after the fact. Yes, that COBRA lasts 18 months. And then once that COBRA ends, is when you get your free medical through the company, through Southwest, for approximately two years. Now, after that two years is up through the supplemental plan, then you go on to a plan called VEBA, which is through the union again, and the union then pays for medical for that pilot and their family until they're 65. So that is not covered by the company. That is a union-sponsored program? Correct. It's a union-sponsored program until the pilot, you know, reaches the age of 65. You get about two years, two, two and a half years, depending on how long you've been here at Southwest, of free medical when you're out on disability. Other than that, it's reimbursed completely by SWAPA. Is there anything else that happens to our pilots during this disability journey? Yes. Yeah, so after the 30 days, Southwest will take you out of the CAS system, which now our pilots can't use KCM, they can't jump seat, and they can't use ID90. What if they need to travel for healthcare? Well, they still have non-rev privileges uh, until their sick bank is exhausted plus 12 months. And that 12 months was just an agreement through Southwest. So if a pilot's been out for longer than a year or two, he's going to lose non-rev privileges for himself or herself and their family. So now they have to go buy and purchase a ticket through Delta, United, American, Southwest, whatever, to get to their Mayo Clinic appointments. And this could be a weekly or a monthly appointments that they're going to. Tony, how do our pilots know if they are on tax-free loss of license? How do I find out? Good question. That's a majority of our pilots have no idea what they have. And that's the most important thing about this podcast right now is just knowing what you have, not necessarily how it works. That's our job to help you out. So on your paycheck, on the left-hand side, you're going to go under imputed income, and you're going to see swag imputed income. If Under swag, if you do not see tax-free LOL, that means you have the taxable version of loss of license through the company. And again, you can change that in open enrollment November when you do your medical open enrollment. So what's the difference between taxable and non-taxable? What does that mean to our pilots? So what that means is if loss of license maxes out $11,500 a month, they will tax that $11,500. So you're not receiving $11,500, you're receiving uh, approximately $8,500. Whereas if you sign up for non-taxed LOL, you're paying the pre-taxes on that just like you are with swag. So when you go out on disability, you're going to receive that loss of license tax-free. 
So that covers your loss of license, but how do our pilots know if they have short-term and long-term disability? Where can they find that answer for themselves? On the right-hand side of your pay stub, you're going to look midway down on the right-hand side, and you're going to see STD and LTD right below it. The amount of STD, short-term disability through SWAPA, on the right-hand side, if it says $106.21, you have plan A, which means no matter what, after 30-day elimination period, you can use your sick bank on top of the short-term disability. If you see $67.74 taken out, then you have short-term disability plan B, which means you have to exhaust all your sick bank before starting short-term disability. Below that, you'll see LTD, and LTD gets taken out on the 5th and 20th pay stub, and it's $1.46 for every $100 earned to a max of $295.64 a month. Now, short-term disability and long-term disability through the union is always tax-free. There's no version of a non-taxed, it's always tax-free. So we focused a lot on the disability programs. I wanna shift just a second because one of the things that you know we don't like to think about and we almost don't even address it as much is life insurance. What happens to your life insurance? When you get that letter, it talks about your medical benefits, but what about your life insurance benefits and why is this a, a gotcha for a lot of our pilots as well? So a couple sentences after that letter stating your medical expires, there's a sentence in there that says your life insurance policy will expire three months after that date, which means if a pilot wants the life insurance through Southwest, they're going to have to port that life insurance policy from Southwest and pay it on their own. And that's going to be anywhere from $1,000 to $2,000 a month. What happens if they don't port their life insurance and then let's say they pass away? So if they don't port their life insurance, then they have no life insurance through Southwest. The pilot loses that life insurance. And you said that's a, an additional cost of how much per month? It depends on you know the, the price of your policy, but uh, it could be anywhere from 1000 to $2,000 a month. So I have a lot of pilots out there fighting for their lives right now with cancer or, or what have you, and uh, they're paying out of their pocket 1500 to $2,000 a month to keep that life insurance policy. Plus, like we also talked about, in addition to that, there's a you know could be up to twenty five hundred dollars a month in medical costs as well. Correct? Absolutely. So you're looking at a pilot on disability could be paying at upwards of four thousand dollars a month to maintain his life insurance policy and Cobra. So Tony, we've talked a lot about determining what we have, uh, what it costs, tax free, non tax. Some of the pilots are still asking themselves, like, hey, do all do my family members get covered by these programs when I'm out on disability? Are they still able? to go to the doctors and have their, their medical bills paid. Everything's covered. Absolutely. All the family members are always covered, even during COBRA or the Supplemental Plan C or even our VEBA plan. They're always covered. What are some of the benefits that you believe we need to get changed and covered in this next contract? Ultimately, we are looking at Southwest covering all of our pilots' medical until they're 65, like every other company out there as well as loss of license to cover our pilots till they're 65 and not just an arbitrary number of five years or half the time you've been with Southwest. And also to have Southwest cover short-term disability. Because currently right now, you're looking at every single pilot that we have on the line is paying approximately $500 a month just for short-term 
long-term and tax-free loss of license. How do the benefits that SWAPA members, our Southwest pilots have, how do they compare with what's industry normal? A lot of people want to know why we're willing to strike. And for me, this is one of those items that I will definitely hold a sign and stand on the street and shut it down. If it weren't for SWAPA, we would have the lowest medical and long-term disability, short-term disability coverage in the entire industry. When SWAPA adds short-term disability, long-term disability, and medical coverage for the pilot and their family until they're 65, uh, we ultimately have probably the highest, but we're, it comes at a cost, and that's out of our paychecks. Southwest Airlines says that it is a career destination airline for pilots. How many of the comparable airlines that we are competing for the best recruits, trying to compete for them, not only compete for them to get them to come here, but to get them to stay here. How do our benefits weigh up to those competitors? Not very good. And it's very limited uh, with just a couple of years of medical coverage for the pilot and their family if they go out on disability um, and loss of license you know, for five years, whereas the other companies extend out to age 65. And do any of those companies pay for their own benefits? Are they funded by the company? All the other airlines actually pay for all of these benefits for their pilots. Are there any other pitfalls, concerns, things that pilots are seeing or going through that Matt didn't talk about? What is the thing that you would most want our pilots to take away from his story? I think it's most important to have a large sick bank so that way you're financially not hurting when you go out on disability. Um, it's also extremely important to know what benefits you actually have, and that's to look on your pay stub to see if you have that tax-free loss of license and make sure that you have the short-term uh, disability plan and long-term disability plan. And, and that's just a quick look at the pay stub to make sure that that's what you have. And if you're confused at all, just call us. Thank you to Matt for taking the time to talk with us today about his experiences and tell a story. And thank you to Tony for giving us some insights from the committee in the trenches with our members. As always, we do want to hear from you. If you have any podcast ideas or subject matter experts that we haven't heard from before, please let us know and drop us a line at com at swapa.org. Finally, today's bonus number is 2,500. That's how much money a pilot will pay for their family to be covered under COBRA to keep their medical insurance per month after going out on disability. That's a lot of money out of pocket for someone who is on a limited income. As we mentioned earlier, SWAP is hoping to solve that as well as many other issues with our medical benefits programs in our next CBA. Thank you, Southwest 1223, clear to land.